Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. I'm thankful for those that are listening, watching. We really appreciate that. Going to be reading uh, today, or Joyce, First Timothy, chapter five, the verse, first sixteen verses, and it's uh, from the Apostle Paul that wrote this instructions to young Pastor Timothy on various issues. Uh, this one in particular is to deals with certain individuals within the church. So let's find out. Joe? Good morning. Page 1849, chapter 5. Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, with absolute purity. Give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion in practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and their grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. The widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God, and continues night and day to pray and ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions, too, so that no one may be open to blame. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he is denied the faith and is worse than the unbeliever. No widow may be put on the list of widows unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, and is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up her children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the saints, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. As for the younger widows, do not put them on such a list. For when their sensual desires overcome their dedication to Christ, they want to marry. Thus, they bring judgment on themselves because they have broken their first pledge. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying things that they ought not to. So I counsel younger widows to marry, to have children, and to manage their homes, and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some have, in fact, already turned away to follow Satan. If any woman who is a believer has widows in her family, she should go and help them and not let the church be burdened with them so that the church can help those widows who are really in need. Thanks, God. Praise God for his word. 
you very much. All right, let's uh, start with a word of prayer. Again, Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be here this morning. Thank you for another day. Thank you for another Lord's Day. And we are grateful for the ones that are here, the ones that are watching, listening, or will, through uh, Christian radio and uh, different social media outlets, and help us to learn something new. This morning, these verses may be familiar, but we need to be uh, teachable. And the only way we can be teachable is to put aside any uh, preconceived ideas and to have our ears open as well as our hearts. Help us to do that. Help us to concentrate and not be distracted. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can have some uh, surprising uh, revelations this morning. So we do have preconceived ideas. It's not until you actually study the Word of God, verse by verse, that we really find out uh, what it means, with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course. So let's start. It's not just about widows, which we'll get into shortly. It's other people in the church that Paul gives instructions to. Timothy, who are these people? Verse 1 and 2, do not rebuke an older man. Harshly, some versions say elders. Uh, we know that pastors are also elders, but it also refers to the elderly. A, a man who is old, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> an elderly man, don't rebuke an older man harshly. It doesn't say not to rebuke him. It says to do it harshly. Oh, and then Timothy would say to Paul, really? What about that older man that uh, disrespected me, Paul? If I still can't rebuke him harshly? He said, no, you don't rebuke him harshly at all. Well, what if that older man disrespected me and he embarrassed me in front of people? Uh, no, Timothy, you do not rebuke an older man. And who else did he talk about? But exhort him as if he were your father. So, that's the way we are to look at the older men. Not that I come into this category. She said yes. She's not in her head. You don't know how old I am. I don't think. She does. I robbed the cradle. So, um, if you're older than I am, then I need to treat you as though you're my father. Hi, Dad. <laughs> okay, and so are you. And also, it says, treat younger men as brothers. So, Marshall, you're my brother. And older women as mothers. All right? And younger women as sisters with absolute purity. So if we have that attitude, that mentality, that you're my father, you're my sister, you're my brother, then the church will remain pure. The church will remain pure. 
And now Paul, he goes on to talk about the widows, and this is where we're going to learn something new this morning. Obviously, a widow is a woman whose husband has died. But remember when this was written in the first century. A widow was also a woman who had no one, absolutely nobody, to take care of her. And no one was allowed to take advantage of her. In ancient times, God recognized the widow's plight because God is merciful. Amen. And he rose to the widow's defense, and so should we. Psalm 68.5 says, and I quote, A father, God, is a father to the fatherless. Who's that? The orphans. Amen. A defender of widows. All right, so you always have God on your side. He's your defender of any widows amongst us this morning. God gave also, and we learned something new in the uh, adult Sunday school today. The Old Testament law God gave to Israel to safeguard widows against neglect and abuse. We're talking about the Old Testament now. For example, at harvest time, widows could help themselves to the grain that was left in the fields after the fields were harvested, okay? They were also allowed to gather grapes and olives that were left over. Why? So they wouldn't starve to death. That's the provision that God provided for them because he loves everybody and he loves the widows, amen? He cares about the sparrows, little sparrow, you know. God cares about everything and everything he created. The Old Testament law, it also provided widows from poverty and cruel treatment by allowing the unmarried brother of the widow's ex-husband, are you with me so far? <laughs> the unmarried brother of the widow's ex-husband, to take his sister-in-law as his wife so he could take care of him, take, take care of his brother's widow. Are you with me so far? So God allowed this to, to happen for the sake and the benefit of the widows that didn't have anyone else to take care of them. The early church. Widows are also given special consideration. And Jesus actually uh, rebuked some of those religious Pharisees, and they weren't all bad, for their ill treatment of widows. Why? Because God has deep compassion on those who are left alone with nobody to take care of them. And that's the key. With nobody to take care of them. To demonstrate compassion, like Jesus would if he was here, and he is here. The apostle gives a detailed outline of how the church and individual families were, I say were, we're talking about the first century, to take care of 
the widows. And there's certain stipulations in order for the church to do that. In order for a widow to receive financial and material support from the church, she had to meet certain qualifications. First and foremost, she had to be in need. And listen, completely left alone in this world to receive support from the church. Besides having no one else to care for her, she ought to be a woman of prayer, a dedicated servant of the Lord, and at least 60 years old. People didn't seem to live as long back then as they do today. And also, talks about washing, washing people's feet. I'm not sure I'd like that job. But then I'm not a widow, so it doesn't apply to me, does it? Hello. <laughs> Good morning. She had to be faith to her husband. Her ex-husband, obviously, he was already dead. And uh, eligible widows in need, like I said, had to be at least 60 years old. She had to uh, be committed to good deeds, which proved her faith in the first place. She had to care for children. She had to show hospitality and serve the church. Just because you reach a certain age doesn't mean we can't serve the church. Various ways we can do that. Not just uh, physically, but materially. Amen? So Paul says, in order to receive charity from the church, eligible widows, like I said, had to be how old? 60 years old, which was considered the age of retirement for widows back in that time, in the first century. The younger widows were more likely to remarry, amen, than the older ones. And Paul encouraged them to do that. Young widows, find a good man, find a good Christian man, and get married so we don't have to take care of you. He will, hopefully. Paul encouraged them to do that. The young widows, find a man, marry them so that he can take care of you. Otherwise, he warned that some of these young widows were in danger, he says, and some of them obviously did, or he wouldn't have mentioned it, getting into the habit, not referring to nuns. Are you awake this morning? Explain it to the others that don't know what a habit is. Getting into the habit of being idle. These are the young widows. And going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers. That's lazy, right? But also busybodies. Who talk nonsense. Saying things they ought not to. <laughs> right? In other words, gossip. The gossipers. Going from house to house, spreading rumors, saying things they're not supposed to. 
And Paul says, be careful of those young widows that tend to do that. He also puts an emphasis on uh, the widow's family to take care of her. It's not the it's not the responsibility of the church. The family was supposed to take care of the widow so she wouldn't become a financial burden on the church. Verse 4, But if a widow has children or grandchildren, they should learn first of all to put their religion into practice. It's like James says, you know, you claim to be a Christian, but where's the fruit? Amen? Where's the evidence? Put your religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. After all, those widows took care of them when they were growing up. So it was the responsibility of their family members to take care of them in their old age. Amen? So let's be clear. For a widow to be supported by the local church, she must have no relatives to take care of. Okay? The widows should be receiving the care they need by their own relatives, assuming they, she had relatives, without anyone else being burdened by that responsibility. And that includes the church. So as part of Paul's instructions regarding family members of widows in verse 8, he said, if anyone does not, not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever or a heathen. It's worse than a heathen. If they don't care for their own family members in need, so Paul instructs Timothy to look out for the defenseless widows. Take care of any widow who has no one else to take care of her. So that was the church's responsibility. So Paul expected Timothy as a church leader to instruct families to support and to care for their own parents and grandparents not the church it's not the church's responsibility if they have family members to take care of them right now the person who neglects such an important obligation to provide help for their relatives the widows Paul says is worse than an unbeliever because even some of the unbelievers take care of their Relatives in need, amen, even though they're not saved. They have enough compassion and love for their widowed mother, grandmother, that they'll take care of them. Those so-called believers who didn't care, take care of their widowed mothers, grandmothers, 
it proved their lack of love. They didn't put their faith into practice. Amen? By their actions, they deny him. By their fruits, Jesus said, what? You shall know them. All right? So, God expects his people to provide help and protection for their family members. Just as the prophet Isaiah said, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless. Who's the fatherless? The orphans that don't have parents. Plead the case of the widow. Now, Jesus was a perfect example because he was perfect. The epitome of love in action. Even when he was suffering excruciating pain, hanging on that cross, he was thinking about each one of us. And he was also thinking about his mother. Imagine being Jesus' mother and watching her own beloved son suffer the way he did. I can't imagine that. But she was right there. And Jesus, while hanging on the cross, he was so concerned about his widowed mother because Joseph, her husband, had already passed. He'd already, he'd already died. She had, she had no one else to take care of her. But there was one disciple that was still there, even though the others may have deserted him. The Apostle John. John the Revelator, who wrote the Gospel of John in the book of Revelation. And First John, Second John, Third John. Same John. And he asked John to take care of his beloved mother because he knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to be buried. He knew he was going to rise again and ascend into heaven. He wasn't going to be around to take care of Mary. But John was. So he said, John, take care of Mama. And he did. John took care of her until the day she died. Likewise, the apostle says, Christians should take care of family members. Repay them for taking care of us when we were young. Amen? That's an obligation that we have if she's got no one else to care for her. Not so, it was mentioned this morning, Denise and I lived in a tribe called the Bena Bena. And some people are under the uh, false belief of the noble savage. There is no such thing as a noble savage. Anyone who's lived in the third world, the fourth world, the fifth world, like we have, no such thing as a noble savage. Where today we may have nursing homes, we have care facilities to care for those who cannot care for themselves. In the third world, fourth world, fifth world, 
if a woman uh, does not contribute to the wealth of the family, if she's not able to work, she is considered useless to the rest of the family. So what do they do? Now listen, you might learn something. What they do, they build a little hut away from the, the lodging where they normally live. And they'll have a bed in there, they'll make a little bed. And they'll put their mother, their grandmother, in that little hut, that grass hut, and allow that woman to starve to death. Not only to starve to death, but they won't even give her any water. So she's, she's either going to starve to death or she's going to die of thirst. So don't tell me there's such a thing as a noble savage, because there isn't. And if you lived in that society, you were raised in that society, you would do the same thing. And that's what happens. Fortunately, I have a compassionate wife that used to go in to those little huts, sneak in, and give those dying widows some water, some food, some soup, to try to prolong their life. So, that's what happens. That's what happens. Aren't you glad you're living in America? I say, aren't you glad that you're living in America? We better thank God that we are every day, that we take that for granted. Amen? Thank God that you weren't born in the Banabana. So let's conclude. Christian children, grandchildren have a special privilege and an opportunity to put their faith into action. How? By giving back love and support to their parents, their grandparents in their old age that have no other means of support. And like I said, in these contemporary times, thankfully, thank God, that we have Social Security. Amen? We have Medicare. We have assisted living facilities. We have nursing homes to provide and cater to the needs of the elderly. But in Paul's day, there was nothing. No such help whatsoever. Nothing. Nada. Zilch. So, he passed these instructions on to Timothy. The fundamental Christian duty in the early church is to take care of their aging relatives who couldn't take care of themselves. Many widows are able to take care of themselves. Many widows are rich. And they're able-bodied, and they're able to take care. My mother was 90 years old. She was doing her own cooking. Blind in one eye, with a cataract in the other one. Working at a gas stove. I'm amazed she didn't blow the house up. It's a little bungalow, actually. In fact, there used to be um, one of those fire things. What do you call them? Fire alarm things. Right, I mean, stupid. Who would put a fire alarm above 
an electric stove or a gas stove. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not electronically expert in any of that, but I certainly wouldn't put... That's where the smoke comes up, right? So I had to remove that because the smoke would go up every time she cooked because she couldn't see, but she could probably smell it. Many widows are able to take care of themselves. Many of them are so independent, they don't want anyone to take care of them. Amen? Yeah. You know, they have a pride, a pride about them, you know. I'll be okay, I'll take care of myself, I don't need your help. Okay. But at least you can offer. So he had to pass on these fundamental truths, Christians' responsibility. In the early church, in our day... We shouldn't just view caring for widows as simply a command from God that we must obey or else because there is blessings and joy in serving others, especially those in need. Amen? So, we ought to consider it a privilege to partner with the Lord in loving, serving, and protecting those widows who don't have any family members to take care of them because it's their responsibility, not the church. Have you learned something new this morning? This means yes. Okay, let's close in a word of prayer. So far it may have been a revelation to some of us that it's not our responsibility as a church to take care of the widows. It's the responsibility of family members but if the widows do not have family members to take care of them then it is our responsibility the church's responsibility to do all that we can to take care of them thankfully in our society there are nursing homes there's care facilities and as much as we like to care for them uh, ourselves that's probably impossible because they need medical help they may have different issues uh, with dementia or whatever the case, uh, crippling diseases, and they just can't be at home. They need special care. And we thank you that uh, these we live in this country that can provide those places where they can get the help that they need. But we are to show compassion. And uh, let's not forget about the widows, the lonely widows, to, to give them a call, to pray for them, to encourage them and give them the support they need if they don't have anyone else to take care of them. Also, I'd like to address you that are listening or watching that uh, you're not saved. Boy, you need to be, because unless you are, unless you receive Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, you're on a highway to hell. Literally on a highway to hell. You're on the broad road that leads to destruction. And you need to get on the narrow road that leads to eternal life. Do you know that when you leave this world that you are guaranteed a home in heaven? Do you believe that you're going to heaven when you die or don't you know? But if you don't know that, that means you need to know. And the only way you can know is by believing in your heart, Jesus, the Son of God, who was without sin, 
died on that cross and suffered in excruciating pain to bear your sins, to take the punishment that you deserve. He did that for you because he loves you. Who else would do that for you? Only Jesus. So believe it. Call on his name, the most powerful name in the universe, to save your soul, to give you a home in heaven. And if you do that, then you'll pass from death unto life. And then you will be guaranteed a home in heaven when you die. And I hope you do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to this message. And if you're watching YouTube, Facebook, give us a thumbs up, a like, and subscribe to our channel, First Baptist Church, Corrine. Amen. Thank you, and God bless you. I hope to see you soon. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.